The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. It is a football Friday here on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac, John McMullen and Jody McDonald hanging with you for the next two hours. Well, I'll be here for the next two hours. McMullen's got to go to work. Uh, he's out of here after hour number one. Go get some more information leading into the big Sunday night matchup between the Dolphins and the Eagles at uh, Lincoln Financial Field. Johnny Mac, know you were down there yesterday. Would it be fair to say more good news than bad on the injury front for the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, I think it was very good news uh, on the injury front uh, for the Eagles. It looks like there's no question that Lane Johnson's ready to go. Um, and, and from the perspective of Devontae Smith, he was limited uh, with his hamstring, had a big sleeve on his leg. Um think he's going to try to go, but I, I'm always concerned with hamstring in, injuries. I, I tell you all the time with Bass guys and Demonte's obviously in that category. So I'm always little, a little worried with them, but he's obviously going to try to play. Um, Dallas Goddard with the groin uh, looks like he's going to try to go Jalen Carter uh, uh, ready to go. So the only People you you need to worry about are Reed Blankenship, which is a big one, um, and Bradley Roby, which is also a big one because you know it's two secondary guys in a week where you're facing the best and most high-powered passing offense in the NFL. So we know all the problems they've had in the nickel all year, all the upheaval and week to week, game to game. So you lose Roby so quickly, uh, and then Reed's obviously the best safety on the team. So. Um, but it's, it's a lot better than it could have been. 
Um, no question about that. So let's start there with the secondary. I don't mean to start negative, but it's the biggest <laughs> question. So I think uh, that's what the Eagles have to be worried about most. I think it's what we should be worried about most. Josiah Scott to the rescue? Are, are they going to now? He was here all camp, and he was here years before. Hasn't been here for uh, the first six games of the season, two-month period, where he's been in the Steeler camp working with them. Do you just plug and play and, and believe that he's going to be good to go in this system? It is a new defensive coordinator. I don't think there have been many changes, but there have been tinkering in some. How big a role does the returning Josiah Scott have in this game because of the injuries the Eagles are dealing with? Yeah, good question. I, they they got to do something in there. They got to play somebody in there, and it looks like they, they've gone away from the Bradbury exper experiments at, at least. Um, you know, once Roby got here and got his feet uh, on the ground with the defense, so to speak, um, could they go back to that, I guess, um, and put Josh Joe back outside? Could they just insert Josiah Scott, I guess? Mario Goodrich is back on the on the practice squad. You could elevate him and say, well, we need him one more week. They could use Eli Rex as healthy uh, after getting injured. They threw him in there a little bit. Um yeah, I mean, they're throwing stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks, and they got to do it for one more week at least without, I think, you know, Bradley Roby is probably the guy long-term that they're going to settle down with, but you got to get there, and they can't get there this week. Uh, and 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 the trade deadline is still there. I don't think it's it's – you know, by any stretch of the imagination that how he put a period and said, all right, when Roby's back, we're, we're done. If he can find a way to get better. And you saw it at wide receiver with Julio Jones. If he thinks he can find a way, he'll, he'll, he'll do something. But right now it's just a bunch of uncertainty. It's certainly uncertainly with something you said that didn't even dawn on me. And you might well be right, but it would scare the bejesus out of me if that were the case. Elevate Mario Goodrich from the practice squad. Now, there's a plus and a minus to that. The plus is the guy just got cut. And there were exactly zero teams in the NFL that claimed him. We know that to be the case because the Eagles got him back on the practice squad, which means he was on waivers and went unclaimed by any other team. The good news is, yay knows your system. He's been here. He knows what would be expected of him. And he should very well be a very motivated guy because, damn, they just told me I wasn't good enough to actually be part of the, the regular roster here in Philadelphia. So you should get a very motivated Mario Goodrich. But you're also getting a guy with a shaky level of confidence. When you're cut from the team and no other team claims you, and Eagles offer you help and hand, say, hey, we'll take you back to the practice squad. You, you cannot be going out there brimming with confidence against the best passing game in the entire National Football League. So it's going to cut one way or the other. You really think they would do something like that, Elevate Mario Goodrich? No, I, I if I were putting odds, I would not put that at the top of my list. Right. Um, but I, I'm just throwing out all the potential options, right. you know, one I didn't, of the even, things, I didn't so, even consider it. So yeah. that's how dismissive I am of it. Good on you because you said, 
And I'm telling you, it's going to happen, but it could happen. And you're right. I guess it could. Yeah. Well, what, and one of the things in, and, and this, this part is true. There, roster management is a little bit different these days um, because there are certain rules you have to adhere by. And, you know, if you use Josiah Scott as an example, the Eagles, if they wanted him back, they had to sign him off the practice squad. So that means they have to guarantee him three weeks on the 53. So right. maybe they want to put, you know, ultimately, want to, maybe they want to move him back to the practice squad. Julio Jones right now is on the practice squad. Why is he on the practice squad? Because one, you can, you can buy a little time and, and they needed to put Scott on the 53. As, as we said, you didn't have to pilfer Julio anywhere. And you understand he's a, what, whatever term you want to use, a, a ring chaser, mercenary player. He's not going to leave uh, on the practice squad to go somewhere else. So, you know, that in the back of your mind, you might go up to Mario and say, Hey, we, we want to, we want to manipulate things this way, but we need you, uh, and and you and you talk them up that way. Um, not saying it's going to happen, but it's an option. I, I, you know, they might just like Josiah Scott better. Although, if you rewind back to August, they didn't, right? Uh, so yeah. they had a chance, and they probably made the wrong decision, to be honest, because you know, as I said. All those D-backs that we argued about at the 53, they probably got get get all of them through waivers, and they could have done it any way they wanted to do it, but they decided to go the way they went. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's no concrete plan. I'm sure they have a concrete plan of what they want to do and in the slot this week. But there's a lot of ways they can go, and I'm sure the other side sees it and Mike McDaniel, the mad scientist that he is, is just (laughs) hammering down on trying to manipulate space in the slot against the Eagles. And it's an issue and it's been an issue and it's going to continue to be an issue. And it's basically on, while we talk about all these options, um, it's basically on the defensive front, get, get the two us, speed them up. And if you don't, you're in trouble. Agreed. The defensive pressure is going to be huge in this game. And the Dolphins' offensive line is not great. Armstead, their best offensive guy, is uh, offensive line player, isn't even going to play. But the Dolphins have been very proficient at getting it out of Tua's hands in just over two seconds. And as good as Eagles' defensive line is, they're not getting there very often in under two seconds. Uh, one Julio contract question all right he's on the practice squad is he technically on the practice squad because i asked this yesterday and uh and there has been no official announcement but you think he got more than just the veterans minimum there might be incentives in there and everything else how much of this is wink and nod stuff oh it's wink it's complete wink and nod stuff complete complete roster manipulation complete wink and nod um, they're just buying a little bit of time before they elevate him. Um, and you know, he's a, it, it, you know, he's okay with it. So it's fine. As long as it's wink and nod. Um, when he gets elevated this Sunday, he will be making his salary that they agreed to per game prorated. Does he get, Yeah, you get a, you get a full NFL game check when you get elevated. Um, so, 
typically with younger players, obviously, it's the minimum, the league minimum. Uh, with veteran players, they can get a little bit more on the practice squad, but not as much as they get. So, yeah, it's prorated to to what they agreed with, whatever that contract is. So he'll be getting paid whatever he was set to get paid. Um, you know, they've agreed to a deal for the 53-man roster, and it is wink and nod, and it is the buying time. And that was made very clear uh, when he signed that, you know, and, and they did the same thing with Roby, by the way. Uh, but this is what you do now. Not everybody, because everybody's not as savvy as the Eagles, let's be honest. But... Now, is, is Roby still on the practice squad technically? or No, Roby's on the on the roster. They elevated him. So, um, yeah. They started um, with the practice squad, but made yes. the official elevation. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, but Julio is technically still on the practice. Still squad, technically even still though on the practice. Wink and nod. We know yeah, he's got, and and the easy way you can say see this from and fans can't see it, but on in, in the Eagles locker room, it's sort of it think of it like a U, and there's there's outside lockers, and there's inside lockers that are uh, movable that 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 you can ship, you can roll them in, roll them out. Um, the, the big U are the bigger lockers for uh, players on the 53 and the inside stuff are sort of the practice squad. Roby and Jones got the big lockers right away. There was no messing around. Um, so here, yeah. here's the key question and that's good insight. Thank you very much for sharing that with the listeners. Where is Josiah Scott? Josiah's got a big locker. He's on the 53. He took good riches, and Mario had to oh, move Oh, because they signed him off a practice squad. Yeah. They didn't have a choice. They had yes, to put him on exactly. the 53. So exactly. He didn't, he didn't have to deal with living in the low-rent section. Uh, yeah. Well, good for Josiah Scott. So I asked you, how much do you think he's a factor this week? You're hedging, and the Eagles coaching staff may be hedging. You and I, John McMullen might not be the only one who's hedging. They may be figuring it out as they go on the coaching staff for upcoming on Sunday. How about on the offensive side? We know Julio's going to be elevated. We know he's going to play. What kind of a pitch count is he on? Is he going to be an actual factor here week one? Can they get him up to speed that if the Dolphins decide to bracket A.J. Brown and or Devonta Smith and Julio is getting a whole lot of one-on-one coverage, is he going to be part of the uh, game plan come Sunday? I, I think it's going to be similar to to Roby's first game in Los Angeles, which they didn't really want. They had him on a pitch count. They didn't really want to play him that much, and they were kind of forced to play him a little bit more than they wanted to uh, because things did not go well early in the first half. With They were using uh, Goodrich and, and uh, Eli Ricks um, inside at first against uh, Cooper Cup. It did not go well. Um, and then they kind of inserted Roby to calm things down, and he played a little bit more than he expected. Um, I think the same thing with Julio. But it, it truly is dependent, and the Eagles aren't lying on that. I mean, when guys aren't doing anything, you got to see how far along they are. Um, you know, typically, and I said it with Roby, and I'll say the same thing with Julio, typically defensive backs, wide receivers are in great shape you know, 365, but there's, there's different levels to great shape for 
normal people and NFL mm-hmm. players. Um, so it, it truly is how comfortable Julio is, how ready he is to go. Um, and that, you know, nobody knows except the Eagles and, and Julio Jones. But he does have a history, recent history, of hamstring injuries. So that that would be a concern for me from a, a medical standpoint. But I'm not I, a doctor, Joey. I just yeah, play but, one. Uh, we have to play one here on Birds yeah. 365, and that's exactly where I was going. He might be in game day shape. You're right. There's different compared to McMullen and McDonald. Julio Jones is uh, world class uh, at shape. As well, of right now. yeah, everybody compared to me, but 99% of the people still understood. Um, but uh, there is the fear of injury because that's been a major issue with Julio Jones over the last several years. And if you're going to throw him in there and give him a whole bunch of snaps, before he's 100% up the game day speed ready for the Eagles. Now, all of a sudden, we're talking about him next week. Uh, well, what can they expect out of Julio Jones? Didn't participate. Limited participant. You don't want to go there immediately. Shoot, they went there. They're there with Roby now because they probably needed to speed up him stepping into the lineup out of necessity. And now, not shockingly, Roby's hurt. So yeah. you do have to walk that fine line of getting the most that you can out of him, but not put him at risk to the point where you're not even going to have a choice as to how you're going to use him the week after because he ends up uh, being hurt. All right. One last quick question before we punch our first guest up, which will be Paul Donwich, our buddy from both the 33rd team and his stat pack, uh, jacobsports.com. Um, safeties. If Reed Blankenship is a no-go, and we don't know that yet, but he has not practiced at all yet this week or at the rib against the Eagles on what I looked at as a perfectly fine block, a very good block, an illegal block, as John explained to us on Monday. That's just the way the rules are written. I think the rules are ridiculous. Um, but he took a damn good shot. It, uh, it does not look good for him playing on Sunday. So Sidney Brown is not only back from being injured, He's thrown into the deep end of the pool. It looks like he's going to have to take a lot of snaps. The safety position is one that the Eagles don't usually rotate. Now, John, we also noticed they didn't rotate linebackers last year. And this past week, they rotated the three linebackers. So they are open to doing things a little bit differently than they did last year. Sidney Brown ready to go 100% of the snaps this week? Or it would have been nice if they got him some snaps against Zach Wilson. That's kind of what I advocated. And the Eagles chose to be very, very cautious. By the way, you know, one of the things I think they'll never admit this, and I don't expect them to, but I think they thought they could get away with some stuff last week and it bit them in the you-know-what. And one of them was Sidney Brown, um, you know, being extra cautious with his hamstring. Um and now you got to throw him into the deep end of the pool uh, against the number one passing offense in the NFL. Like you said, I don't like that. I don't like that thought process. Um, on the other hand, I'll throw something else at you. We talked about Josiah Scott. He can play safety as well. They might go that way. They might just not think Sidney's ready. You know, they might elevate Makai Gardner again. He was the backup safety uh, when Reed Blankenship came out. Um, you still got Rick's cross training. You still got, uh, Kaylee Ringo, who they focused on special teams. 
They're a, they're a mess in the secondary, Jody. How they're much is Kate? Mess. How many how many snaps has Kaylee Ringo played from the line of scrimmage? He hasn't played at all, basically. Um, yeah, and 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 people forget him because he hasn't played. He's been a very good special teams player, but yeah, he hasn't played really defensive back. But you know, it's all hands on deck now. Um, and if they don't believe in Sidney Brown. Do you think, and we, Damo's in the waiting room, and we'll get to you in a second, Damo. Do you think they're, if uh, the, the phrase you just used, if they don't believe in Sidney Brown, is that more they haven't been wowed by what they've seen from the opening day at camp to yesterday, or they don't know what they've seen out of Sidney Brown because he's still hurt and the hamstring is still an issue and he's not moving the way that he's supposed to move? Well, he is said this a flat out. Evaluation was... or just an injury evaluation? He said flat out he was fine on Thursday and he was ready to go against the Jets. Now, players will say that. They're not right. doctors. So maybe tests showed something differently. They test the strength. Maybe they say he needs another week, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I, by no means, I think he's going to play. And, you know, the the small sample, very small sample size in Tampa where he played in the slot, and I should have thrown him in for the slot as well. Um, he Can't looked okay. He looked okay. If he's going to um, play, you think he's going to play the slot or he's going to play safety? No, nah, I think he's going to play safety because yeah. he has to. Um, but you, you have to throw him in the mix. Maybe he does both, you know. I, that's the point, man. There is – their secondary is a mess right now. It's mm -hmm. a mess other than Slay and Bradbury. And Slay, by the way, injury-wise, he looks ready to go. So uh, that should be a positive. They need him to be ready to go against this Dolphin passing offense come Sunday night. All right, McDonald and McMullen, a.k.a. Macamac, going to be joined by our buddy Paul Domwich from the 33team.com and his stat pack on Jacob Sports. Is it up there already, Johnny Mac? You check? Yeah, it's, it's up. It's up. It is posted. JacobSports.com, Dom. A lot of good stuff in there this week, by the way. You've a lot of scary a stuff. A lot of scary red zone stuff. We'll Quick talk about that. Three minutes to go check it out and then come back over to listen to Paul Domowicz with us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving up a, a good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Appreciate a football Friday drop-in here on Birds 365. Thanks for streaming on in. Now. Since you streamed in and Damo's here, you got to hit the like button because everybody likes Damo. Who doesn't like Damo? Come on. So do us a favor. Hit the like button uh, as we welcome in Paul Domwich uh, to join us in his usual football Friday spot. Damo, John says uh, you're uh, posting on uh, jacobsports.com has some red zone concerns attached to it. Well, they should. The Eagles have not been great in the red zone. Have you figured it out? Did you get a call into uh, Nick Sirianni this week to say, yeah, here's your issue with the red zone, big guy. Uh, Have you laid it out for him how they can get better in the red zone? I can't get Nick on the phone. I don't know what to deal with. (laughs) You spent too much time with McMullen and all these other guys off the record. So uh, maybe sometime this afternoon after he talks to the guys, uh, well, I, I got I got a lot of when the Eagles went with Julio Jones. I got a bunch of stop Damo for fans. And what one of the uh, um, uh, the assumption because he's such a big receiver that he would fix the red zone issues. You know, I remember this is a guy who was in the conversation, might have been the best receiver in football for years in Atlanta. And that was the one thing Atlanta always got knocked for. They didn't use him enough in the red zone. And you remember the divisional round playoff, um, and they went to him a bunch of times, couldn't get over the top. They played very well in that game, though. They were the only team that kind of stuck with the Eagles uh, until Super Bowl 52. But I will say um, recently, recently, he's done nothing in the red zone. You And you uh, broke it down. He played 10 games in Tennessee last year. Um, uh, uh, well, in his last, uh, when he played in Tennessee, when he played in Tampa Bay, uh, in his last year in Atlanta, just no production whatsoever, basically in the red zone. And he got to go back to his, his prime to where he had some success. And then even more troubling is Jalen Hurts's numbers in the red zone already with, Two bodies, big bodies he already has. So what's adding another a third big body if you don't throw it to the two big bodies you already have? What does it matter? Yeah, like you said, I mean, from 2014 to 2019, I mean, Julio Jones was 
one of the best receivers in football. I mean, he's you know eventually going to be in the Hall of Fame, but I mean, those six years are what his career was built on. I mean, he was averaging fifteen hundred yards a uh, a season, uh, and and he was he was probably the one of the best red zone receivers in the league during those six years. I mean, he was. I think I counted, uh, went through those six years. He had 50 red zone catches, 20 touchdowns. Then after 2019, I mean, nothing. Uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of when his career started to go downhill. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, I mean, everybody loses it at some point. And I think that's where it happened for Julio when he was, when he was about 31 at the, at that point or 30. Um, you know, last two years, like you said, Tennessee and Tampa Bay, he didn't catch a single red zone pass in 20 games for, for those two teams. That's uh, yeah, it, it really is. I mean, and you got Tom Brady who certainly can find a receiver when he's open. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't expect, I'm not holding out hope that he's going to provide any help either in the red zone or anywhere else on the field. Uh, you know, I mean, my feeling, and I'm sure you guys may disagree with this, but I mean, if I was looking for a third receiver, Right now, I would have just gone to my practice squad and activated Greg Ward, uh, who I think, you know, Nick Sirianni has no use for, for whatever reason. Uh, but I think he'd give you a lot more right now than Julio Jones. But they wow. want the big body. Right now, they're infatuated with the big body. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe he'll provide some blocking. I don't know. I don't know what they expect from him. I think they're more infatuated the threat of speed that is Qued Watkins, but that's not an option since he's on IR. And that's how I'll spin Julio Jones. And it might be looking for the silver lining, but he's a better red zone option than Quez. Uh, it, it might not it might not add up to anything whatsoever, but the threat of Julio Jones, because he's Julio Jones to me, is more uh, omnipotent than the threat of the speed of Quez Watkins. But uh, maybe I'm looking at this through eagle colored glasses. All right, here's a legit question for looking through eagle colored glasses. Are they going to be able to run the football this week? Because last week against the Jets, they A, didn't run it enough, and B, they probably did that because when they did try and run it, they weren't very good at it. Now, the Jet offense defense, I believe, is better than the Dolphin defense. Dolphins are middle of the pack in the NFL against uh, the rush game, yards per carry and the like. Uh, how much do the Eagles want and need to run the football? Because A, they're good at it, and B, you want to keep Miami off the field as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of like uh, the quintessential uh, recipe for for staying with these guys this week. I mean, you've got to control the ball, control it by running it. I think they can run it. I mean, they can run against anybody. I, I'm assuming Lane's, Lane's going to be back, it sounds like. Won't be 100%. But, uh, uh, so, you know, I, I expect them to, to make a much bigger commitment to the run this week than they did last week. If they can control the ball and, and avoid, you know, giving up the big plays where, you know, the, where they drive 15 yards and settle for a field goal, that's not going to work. So they got to be better production in the red zone when they get down there. Uh, but they got to run, Jody. You're right. They 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 need to hang on to the ball. Um, I want to I want to rewind for just a second because I wanted I want to go back to the red zone. I should have finished it up with Jalen Hurts because I don't think it's Julio Jones's responsibility to fix the red zone problems. Uh, of yeah. this team. Um, you you mentioned he's completed uh, 10 of 22 passes for 38 yards in the red zone over the first six games, which obviously isn't good enough. But it, 
that the the part that alarms me is the comp to the rest of the league. He's got three red zone touchdown passes. Twenty five quarterbacks have more. Twenty seven have a better completion percentage in the red zone, and the Eagles don't have uh, a, a receiver with more than three red zone receptions. Dallas Goddard, DeAndre Swift, both have have three. So those are the stark numbers. Um, and I want to throw, an, <clears throat> excuse me, because it's Miami, Damo, getting all choked up. And Mike McDaniel is, you know, Mr. Motion, everything, all these moving parts. And Miami leads the league, the number 62.2. It might be an NFL record, to be honest, since they've been charting this stuff for motion at the snap. The Eagles are 31st, 8.2%. They're 32nd, dead last motion overall, just any kind of motion. Um, is it Jalen Hurts not being comfortable in throwing tight spaces or in throwing in tight spaces, or do the Eagles have to be, you know, a little bit more scheme-based in the red zone? They got to they gotta find some things. They got to open up some things for the quarterback. Which do you think it is? Well, I mean, if, even if you go back to last year, John, uh, you know, Jalen wasn't <clears throat> prolific in the red zone uh, because they, didn't, you know, I mean, their their whole red zone mo last year and 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 this year has been, you know, that's where we're going to get down there and just pound the ball. We're going to run it into the end zone. We don't, then you know, so they didn't. Need, you know, last year he had, I think, nine reds, twenty-two touchdowns overall. Only nine were red zone TDs, uh, which was down near the bottom as well, but they didn't need to throw the ball. Uh, they could just pound it in this year. As you know, as we've talked before, defenses have just, you know, during the off season, they said, okay, this is one of the ways we're going to try to beat this team. You know, when they get down into the red zone, we are going to take away the run. We are going to do everything we can to take away their running backs and Jalen running the ball uh, and, and, and dare them to throw a throw the ball into the end zone. And that's where we are right now. And they haven't proven they can, you know, that they can do that to make teams change their uh, thinking. So, you know, I mean, he's just got to get you know, this offense and, and, and he personally have got to prove they can be better at throwing the ball into the end zone uh, when they get down into the red zone. Key matchup for me this weekend, Damo, is going to be Vic Fangio coming back to Philadelphia. And although he was never officially a coach here, he was just an advisor. Um, he certainly had the year of Jonathan Gannon in the year before. Um, he has had his his fingerprints from afar all over the Philadelphia Eagles for the last couple of years. And now he's the opposition. He's going to be calling the defense for the Dolphins on Sunday. Uh, I think that the Eagles, specifically Nick Sirianni, tried to downplay it this week when he was asked about it a couple of times. Is that just wishful thinking? How much of an advantage does Vic Fangio have running the Dolphin defense against the Eagle offense, which he knows pretty well over the past couple of years? You know, I would think it would help. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I mean, this is where a coach, you know, there are situations like this every week, uh, every year where an ex-coach, ex-players, uh, a return and provide information to a, to a team. So I, Nick, Nick has to tweak some things I would imagine to try to get into Vic's head and, and not allow Vic to, uh, know what he's doing by the same token. You know, I've, I've seen stories that have suggested 
the Eagles have an advantage over Vic because of yeah. uh, that's what uh, Nick um, said. We didn't give him information. He gave us information. That's what Nick yeah. said. <laughs> but, but, I mean, you, you can find out about Fangio's defense by reading any uh, of, of 100,000. Yeah, I know. Uh, you can just watch every team in the NFL. There you go. Exactly. Bang. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't think that's there's much there. Uh, you know, I mean, they know what, you know, Vic knows what they're going to do. And Sirianni knows what Vic's going to do. It's, it's going to come down to execution. And, you know. Yeah, exactly. Just ask Sean to decide what Vic's going to do. He knows better yeah. than anybody. And exactly. Vic knows what Sean's going to do. Um, now, uh, the defense as a whole has been, I think, better than expected. Um, and I think Sean deserves a lot of credit for that. Five new starters. He's, you know, I'm, I'm most impressed by his open-mindedness uh, to do things a little bit differently, and he's had to because of all the injuries, uh, specifically in the secondary. Jody and I were talking about at the outset of the show, it's crazy how many things they've had to do in the slot because of injuries just to get through games. So I give him a lot of credit, um, but there is one big concern, and you brought it up. Uh, the defense has zero takeaways in the last three games. First time the Eagles have gone th- three straight games without a takeaway since 2012. Uh, it's been a while. Um, they can't take the ball. I think at this time last year they were like plus 12. It was some crazy number. C.J. Gardner-Johnson's all over the field making plays. Yeah. They were just turning the ball over an incredible route uh, uh, level early last year. And then things slowed down because there is a randomness to takeaways. But um, are you concerned with this defense's inability to make those big splash plays? Because, you know, guy like CJ is hard to replace. Guy playmaker. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, you know, I mean, you need them. Um, especially when you've got a pass rush like this, you would think it would force a lot of turnovers. Um, you know, we haven't seen a lot of strip sacks, which surprises me. Uh, but we yeah. also haven't seen I – mean, Hurried throws that have uh, they've turned in interceptions. We haven't seen any of that. Things we saw last year. So, I mean, that number's got to change. You don't see too many teams with, uh, you know, down low on the interception total and the takeaway total that end up going deep into the playoffs. It ju- it just doesn't happen. So, um, you know, and you know, I understand one of the circumstances is, as you mentioned earlier. I mean, the the the, the sad situation right now in their secondary. I mean. They don't have a lot of guys who are going to be aggressive as far as jumping routes and and and, and feeling comfortable doing things out there that that would precipitate uh, turnovers. So I, you know, it's it's not a good situation right now going up against an offense like this with with you know with all the problems they have. All right, Damo, for the Dolphins' offense coming in, everyone knows how good their passing game has been and what. Tyree Kill is Jalen <clears throat> Waddle, who goes hand in hand with Devonta Smith. Same draft, off the same team, close to the same numbers so far in their NFL career. I think we're underestimating the Dolphins' ability to run the ball. And I know Devin Achan is going to be out this week. It's unbelievable rookies. He mostered. The Eagles had him. He was right here in Philadelphia. Now you say San Francisco for years. We're pretty far removed from it, but he was an Eagle at one point. You say, oh, my God, they lost a guy who's averaging 12 yards per carry, which is just unheard of. 
but they yeah. replace him with a guy who's averaging 5.7 yards per carry and has the most touchdowns in the National Football League. Not an easy task. Are we focusing too much on the Dolphin passing game? The running game has been a big part of this offense going off the chain all year, too. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Jody, when you've got a, a, a passing game as powerful as that one, as 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 you know, I mean, it, it occupies your your every moment of thinking if you're the defense. I mean, because you're so worried yeah. about getting beat by those guys that you know it makes the running game even stronger than it might be ordinarily. You know, this team has not had any problems stopping the run so far, uh, very few at least. But you know. I don't, they're, they're going to be in, you know, I, I mean, I expect McDaniel to come out and throw the ball, but once he has success throwing the ball, that's when he's going to mix in the run and, and the Eagles aren't going to, you know, that's, that, that's my concern that they're not going to know which way's up at some point. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm not real hopeful this week, uh, but again, we'll see. Um, yeah. Well, the one thing about the top game, and I haven't watched at all of their games, but they don't face too many loaded boxes i mean there is a lot of space yeah. on that field for those running backs uh because yeah. teams are so scared of their speed and tyree kill uh so i looked it up five the top five fastest ball carriers for next gen stats this year are all dolphins all of them. uh six of the top seven and i think the number is nine of the top 20. So it's, and it's, by the way, it's Tyree Kill, it's A-Shane, it's, it's Raheem Mostert, um, and Jalen Waddle can't even get on that list. That's how fast they are uh, with team speed. And I was talking to Devin Allen about this. I thought it was interesting because Blake brought it up and said, well, we got a guy over there who can, you know, give us the scout team looks of just running by people. Um one player since they've been doing this, Damo, has reached 23 miles per hour, and that's Raheem Mostert. One guy in the entire NFL, the Eagles had him as an undrafted rookie. I'm not going to blame him for that because it took him five years to develop into a player. But I do, you know, I was talking to Devin. I just want to tell the people this. He runs 26 miles per hour, 26 miles per hour. Um, now that's without pads, so it's a little bit different, but is that a weird, uh, Jim Schwartz used to talk about this with Joe Osman, Joe Osman, for people that remember Joe would beat Jordan Mailata like a drum in practice for years. I mean, just kill him with his speed. And all of a sudden Jordan Mailata turns into Jordan Mailata, this great player. And he gives Jordan calls him smoking Joe gives him all the credit in the world, along with Brandon Graham and other players, for turning, for sharpening <laughs> his skills. Is that sort of an un-scout team work, Devin Allen giving them looks? That there are very few people in this world that can give you the look of Tyree Kill's speed. Devin Allen can do it. Um, is that a slight help? Boy, we're... We're searching for. Uh, I'm searching, for but I thought Jordan. it was interesting because I talked to Devin. Slay brought it up, and he told me at 26. The GPS gets him at 26 when he's running, yeah. which is just yeah. absurd. You know, I've heard that same explanation or reasoning used with 
mobile quarterbacks. You know, if you've got a backup that, that yeah. can yeah. Uh, replicate uh, uh, Lamar Jackson in, in, you know, in practice that it's going to help you, I guess a little bit, uh, you know, bottom line is, you know, we get to Sunday. I mean, I, I, one thing that concerned me this past Sunday was watching watching James Bradbury line up against uh, Garrett Wilson. I mean, he was yeah. giving him an eight-yard cushion regardless of down and distance, every yeah. down. I mean, just, he wasn't going to get beat deep. Yeah. Well, if you're doing that against Garrett Wilson, who's a pretty damn good player, what are you going to do against Tyreek uh, Hill? I mean, is he going to line the up parking lot. Playing the yeah. parking yeah. lot. Uh, so but I, 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 I actually, I, I by the way, I don't believe it, Tom. I just wanted to tell people that story because I'm just blown away by, <laughs> here's, by running 26 miles an hour. Here's my fear, and John, I do uh, address this uh, directly to you because you were there, and I remember you talking about it. Any fear that Darius Slay will tap out early in this game? Because he did last year in the practice squad. It was hot, Cody. No. He's yeah, not. It was hot. It. Well, he should have gotten a cool breeze with uh, Tyreek Hill running by him at twenty-one point five miles an hour, yeah. and he said, oh, I, "I can't do this anymore." Yeah. They need him to play shutdown corner this week, and he did not fare well. In well, I, I, honestly, and I'm joking a little bit, but it, it was really in in Tyreek's last year in Kansas City where it became sort of in vogue to just play cover two or cover three and just play in the parking lot and force Kansas city to slowly go down the field. And if you remember, Patrick Mahomes had like a two, three game stretch where he was struggling with that. He, he wanted to, to push the football down the field. Um, and, and, and they had some turnovers and they corrected themselves obviously. Um, but yeah, I just think the Eagles are going to play center field all day and say, all right, let's keep them in front, and that's going to be frustrating for a lot of fans, as we know. But I don't know how else you should play this team. That's how you should play this team. Keep everything in front um, and rally up and tackle. And it's boring, but I think that's what you're going to see. Well, and there's one more ingredient, and that's the pass rush. Uh, yeah, the pass. Well, yeah, yeah. It has to play Sunday like it's never played before. I mean, they need to get those four guys into his face. Uh, and he's going to get the ball out quickly, so I'm not sure how you deal with that. Uh, but at least, I mean, they need to they need to hit him. Uh, they need to make him think 11 about kisses, it. as Robert Sala might say. Uh, yeah. They need to get about 22, but uh, – <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, that's their only hope uh, yeah. as far as, you know, when I look at it. We had uh, a guest on yesterday from Miami. Greg Cody did a nice job for us from the Miami Herald. Asked him this question. Mm -hmm. It certainly was asked of Jalen this week. The Tua-Jalen angle, the fact that they played together in Alabama and Tua replaced Jalen on the way to a national championship, they both had glowing things to say about each other. They're both smart guys and handled it well when asked about it this week. Um, off the record, in their own mind. You think it's a factor in this game? And if so, more advantage Eagles or advantage Dolphins? Well, I don't – you know, I think it's negated. I mean, I, I, Jalen okay. is not – he is a chip on the shoulder on his shoulder kind of guy. I mean, he uses things for motivation. But he and, he and Tua seem to be pretty good friends. Uh, you know, he stayed there, handled that well. I don't think it's something that's going to motivate him Sunday. I mean, Jalen, Jalen 
creates his own motivation every week. I mean, the big a bigger motivation for Jalen is he's coming off probably his poorest performance of the yeah. season. Yeah, I agree with that. And and the 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 final interception, I think, is going to be the motive because that's just a bad decision uh, yeah. from Jalen Hurts. And um, I think, yeah, he and two are good friends uh, still. Um, and yeah, I think that I've been saying it all week because a lot of people want to blow that narrative up and understandably so I get why, I mean, he's benched for him in the national championship game. A lot of people forget Jalen had to come back in the next, uh, SEC championship game and win that game. Um, uh, I think it was the SEC championship, um, when he came back, um, And so I, I, and, and then he went on and, and by the way, I think from Jalen's perspective, he was helped by going to Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley and proving he can put up big passing numbers. Um, I think he was helped by that long-term. So I, I don't think there's any sort of other than a friendly rivalry. Uh, They want to beat each other. They're competitors, but I don't think either of them is saying, "Oh, I got to beat this guy." Um, I, I, I just don't. I think that part of it's overblown. Um, but they're both super competitors, so they always want to win. And and I think it was, I think it was Tua said it was one of seventeen um, down in Miami. Tua talks a little bit more because Jalen's, I would say, more guarded. But it's funny, Dom. I was talking to a couple Alabama guys. I did not know this. You might have known this. Nick Saban red shirts people, not in the typical way. He uses normal red shirts at times. He doesn't let players speak to the media for their first year, and they have to yeah. take a media class. And it explains a lot because all the Alabama guys are locked in, and Jalen Hurts more so than most. Um I think he values his time at Alabama, and uh, I I don't think it affects either of them. But that's boring, I guess. Um, and, and any and different that take. Media, that, that media class basically was don't talk to the media. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't well, basically, rat poison, blah blah blah. Yeah. Learn learn the definition of rat poison. Yeah, ask that every single week for however many weeks in a row. I yeah. demo. The Dolphins come in averaging 37.2 points per game. That's an impressive number. Um, Yeah, they've done it against teams not the level of the Philadelphia Eagles. So I'm going to tell you right now, the Eagles are going to hold the Dolphins under 37.2 points on Sunday. Can they hold them under 30? I I don't think so. I've said all week, Dolphins are putting up a 30 spot at a minimum in this game, which means that the Eagles are going to win it. They're going to have to win it in a little bit of a shootout. Are the Eagles up to outscoring the Dolphins with both teams playing in the 30s on Sunday? Yeah, I don't think you can beat them in a you know a run and gun game. I mean, like we talked about earlier, they need to control the ball, limit the number of possessions the Dolphins are going to get, and maximize every single one of their possessions by by scoring touchdowns rather than field goals. Yeah, better red zone play would help and and scoring those touchdowns instead of Jake Elliott field goals. But I will say this, um, at the Chargers, at New England, Denver, where they scored 70 points, the Giants, who might be the worst team in football, although they hung in against Buffalo, I give them credit there. 
Uh, Carolina, obviously a disaster. Um, those are their wins. Their one loss on the road at Buffalo. And, oh, by the way, Damo, they lost by four touchdowns. As we are seeing in the uh, Phillies run to the World Series, a little hiccup yesterday, but um, it ain't easy playing in Philadelphia for opposing teams. And I haven't seen this Dolphins team go on the road against a good team. They haven't been in that position where they've been one of the elite teams in this league in a, in a pretty long time. Um, the environment, how much can that help the Eagles? Uh, it can't hurt. I mean, you know, this crowd is going to be loud. Uh, you know, I mean, it's going to make uh, play, you know, it's going to make the hearing to a, out on the field uh, difficult, especially down in, in the, you know, close to the end zone. So again, it can't hurt, but you know, they, we're looking for intangibles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's not I'd rather have Tyreek Hill, but you can have, uh, you got to find intangibles. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take uh, the crowd question to another level. Let's say the Phillies don't win two games in a row that they lose one of these next two. No, they're coming back. Well, I won't go so far as to say they lose both of these next two and they're trailing three to two, but they're coming home. They got to come they're back. They're going to win, Jody. Mark. Even if they get swept out there, they're still going to win. Because they're coming home. I get yeah. that. Does what happens in the next two days by the Phillies have an effect on the crowd on Sunday night against the Dolphins? Either ticked off or motivated or celebrating or does the Philly result the next two days affect the Eagles crowd against the Dolphins Tom? I don't think so. I mean, I, I you know, yeah, I was poking and hoping it. I had taken it. At, at, at P Damo, make sure you follow uh, Damo on Twitter. Uh, read his stat package at jacobsports.com. You can read him at well, uh, uh, as well at the 33rd team. Uh, does a tremendous job uh, there for Mike Tannenbaum, Joe Banner, and company. Um, uh, I'll, I'll throw it the opposite way. Too many crowd questions. But you get down 14 nothing, and those crowd, that's going to turn on you. The, the, the Eagles crowd is going to turn on the Eagles. How, how important is a quick start against this team? Jody's favorite question, win the coin toss. I think this is a game you win the coin toss you take the football. You try to the game. <laughs> They're never going to do that. No, Jody's laughing, and correctly so. They're never going to do that. But this is the game I would do it. This is the game yeah. where I would shift up and say, if I win it, and this is, and Jody's a hundred percent right to laugh at that because they will defer. Yeah. Oh yeah. However, you should, as an Eagles fan, they should hope they lose. Uh, they they should hope that it, 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 they lose the coin toss, you know, in Miami to first, because yeah. that would be better for them. Yeah, well, I agree with you. Put it all on uh, one number on, on your opening uh, drive. That's right. Score. Shorten the if game. You're on your way, Look if you at, don't, boy. Their first drive against the Jets, I believe, was 19 plays. That's what you want. 19 plays. 80, 80 yards, 75 yards, nine minutes off the clock, shorten the game. That's, that, that only emboldens Nick Sirianni to say, 
Yeah, no, we got to play defense first. Because look at what we did. We got the ball. We went down the field. We took forever. We dominated. And we still lost the damn game. No, well, no, no, no. We got to defer. There's if no you chance. Can't no play chance. Defense. John, even though you and I both agree it would be the smart thing to do this week, it ain't happening. All right, Damo, we need you officially on the record. You are leaning the Miami direction throughout this interview. So I'm going to ask you to formalize a prediction for the game Dolphins Eagles Sunday night. I'm going to go Dolphins 34-20. I'm just not real hopeful, guys. Uh, defense that's got nobody in the secondary except their two corners. An offense that can't uh, do much in the red zone. It's uh, not a good mixture. I'm not making my pick for an hour, but you may have company, yeah, Mr. Domwich. Uh, Domo, always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks. We'll talk to you again next Friday. Enjoy the game Sunday night. Thanks, Tom. Take care, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Check him out on jacobsports.com. His Friday uh, stat pack is a must. You need to get ready for the upcoming Eagle games in each and every Yeah, season. a lot of good stuff in there this week. Uh, a lot of a lot of scary stuff, a lot of good stuff. But I, I since I got to run, I got to give my prediction. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm writing you. this down, Johnny Mack. First of all, I'm taking I, – I, Miami's not going to score 30 points. Um I think I think Jalen Carter being back is going to have a huge impact on this game. It's funny. I I put so much on a rookie player, but he's been so dominant. I think that continues. I think they were being cautious with him last week. As I said, I think they took some liberties with the New York Jets and they got bit the you-know-what by doing so. Um, and I think they looked ahead to this game, even though Nick Sirianni will not admit to it. Uh, I believe that to a certain degree, went on. I think that front is going to dominate. They're going to speed up to it, who already gets the football out quickly. Um, but he's going to get it out quicker because he's going to be worried about that pass rush. And the thing that affects quarterbacks the most is is rush right up the middle. And Jalen Carter back, I think he's going to dominate the game. I think the Eagles win 28 24-ish. 28-24. Eagles for John, Johnny Mack. Dama went 34-20. I don't know if I'm going to go as lopsided, but I'm I'm leaving, leaning in a Miami direction. All right, Johnny may move me a little by picking the Eagles. We'll see if Bill Calamurlo can move me. And or Mike Missinelli. Mikey Miss going to join us next hour. Johnny Mack, tell Coach Sirianni we said hello. I'm going to talk very – Coach is watching right now. In prefer. Is coach, think, defer. Just think about it. Well, I, he's I know you're probably defer. not going to do it. No, don't, he's, don't. he's definitely going to defer. He should take the right. football. My, yeah. Thank you very much for uh, correcting me. Think, give me the ball. You really want to do that this week. You really, really, really want to do this. We doubt it highly, but I'm just saying – Come into it with an open mind, and maybe Johnny Mack can talk you into it when he gets down there. Jay Mack, uh, talk to you on Monday, brother. Thanks. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. John McMullen heading down to South Philly. You know he's going to be on all the Jacob Media stuff over the weekend, covering the pregame, postgame, everything else. Uh, he'll be back here with me on Monday. All right. I'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Bill Colorulo stepping in for Johnny Mack. Still an hour to go here on Birds 365.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Sixty-five. Still got a little under an hour to play here, leading into Dolphins and Eagles Sunday night down at the link uh, for the next fifty-some odd minutes. Bill Colarulo going to join me. You catch him every day here on Jacob Sports YouTube channel on the Philly Sports Power Hour, and I'll be doing that coming up in fifty-seven minutes. But he's here with me for the next uh, under an hour. Bill, uh, I know you logged in early, so you heard the end of uh, our. Uh, spot with Damo and Johnny Mac getting out the door. So far, we got a split. One dolphin lean, one eagle lean. Here's uh, my first question to you. And I should know these uh, stats. Hey, well, not really. A, a dolphin fan would probably know them. but So I'm not a dolphin fan, so I don't know. What do you think happens when they go out to the middle of the field and the crowd is going nuts because the Eagles are marching out in their Kelly Green and they flip the coin, and the Miami Dolphins win it. Are they going to take the ball, or are they going to be like the Eagles, a slave to the analytics of, well, if you get the ball at the second half, you got the chance to get that extra possession, all the uh, BS that we hear whenever the Eagles decide, yeah, we don't want the football first, as to able to justify that decision. When you got the highest scoring offense in the National Football League, the most prolific offense in the National Football League, you don't think there's any chance whatsoever that 
the mad genius that is McDaniel on the sideline goes, yeah, we'll kick off. We'll take the ball to start the second half. You know, Jody, I disagree with you on this one. I think they do kick off because I do agree with the analytics and the stats on this. Good teams always score points before the end of the half. And if you're able to double dip, putting up points at the end of the half, then getting the ball to start the second half, that's why the teams do it. I agree with that move. I always like deferring. I don't like taking the ball. You also got to remember, when you're a Miami Dolphins offense, on the road, the start of the game, the kickoff, usually the crowd is rocking. Usually they're loud. When you get the ball to start the second half, they're still working their way back to the seats from the concession stands. They're still working their way back to the seats from the bathrooms. It's not as loud. You always, I think, on the road as an offense, defer if you win the toss. That's okay, my opinion. on the road. So if you were the Eagles, you would take the ball. So no, you, this, this decision <laughs> on you defer. is based I'd on whether you're the home team or the road team. That's what you just said. Yeah, I'd still defer. I, I still always love. So it's got nothing to do with home and road. No, but as a, okay, it, it just yeah, makes right. it even more of an important move. But I'm telling you, I always love, and I say it on my show all the time, good teams score points before the end of a half. And when you're able to score points before the end of the half and get the ball to start the second half, that can really change the momentum of a game. Understood. But sometimes if you don't take the ball, the team that scores right before the half is the team that got the ball first. And then they carried that momentum in it. it just because you deferred the beginning doesn't guarantee you're going to be the team with the ball at the end of the first half. Your general thought of it's really good and could be a turning element of a game if you score before the half is very true. But you can't necessarily dictate that by taking the ball first as to who's going to get the ball at the end of the first half. Uh, that's why. Here's my knock on it. Uh, the Eagles, the way the Eagles handle it, your position, as a matter of fact. The, you can't just believe that you're going to be able to dictate terms, that there is a randomness to this, that there is, you have to at least in, include the matchup, who you're playing, what your injuries are, whatever, rather than just, oh, if we're in the coin flip, we hold on, we kick off because we want that ball to start the second half. You're not giving any credence to the actual two teams that are on the field and you're just allowing numbers to dictate your line of thought. Uh, for me, that's crazy. Yeah, but I mean, look at it. Look at it the other way. You're the Eagles. You kick off. You defer. You kick off. If you're somehow able to get the Dolphins off the field on a three and out or even a couple first downs, but they have to punt, not that's a huge momentum swing. Whereas if you take the ball and then you go three and out, and now you got to punt the ball, I just don't like what happens on an offense if you take the ball and you're unable to put up points. I'm a big fan of the of defer until the second half. I know so you're, you're not. But... You're, you're looking at worst case scenario on both sides from yeah. a Dolphin perspective. I could just as easily flip it and look at it. The best case scenario, both of the Dolphins one. So uh, we're going nowhere fast. You and Nick Sirianni can uh, <laughs> stick to your guns on that one. I think that uh, this, all three of us, uh, John, I, and uh, Damo all agreed that they'd be well advised to take the ball. I will tell you, Jody, one of my college football games, we were at the coin toss. And my buddy, instead of saying we defer, said we'll kick off. Well, when that happens, that's your decision. You don't get to choose what you do in the second half. So you got to make sure you say the words we defer, not oh, we yeah. will kick okay. off, because that's your choice. So we ended up kicking off to start the first half and kicking off to start the second half. So Ooh, yeah, you want no part of that. that yeah. uh, you, you, you're you're right about that. You right. must right. pick and choose your words uh, carefully. All right. Uh, the Dolphins come in as the best offense in all of football, and it's not close. They're more than a touchdown per game better than the second team. Not not the average in the National Football League, 
the second highest scoring team that scored a touchdown more per game. Uh, you have to at least give them their respect that, that they're due. John is leaning toward the Eagles because he thinks that Jalen Carter is going to make that big a difference. He might. He's been that good. Are the Eagles pass rushers going to be able to? Now, let's see if you and I uh, are in separate pages here as well, because John, John thinks I put too much emphasis on sacks. I think he puts too much emphasis on pressures. Pressures are nice. Sacks are finishing finishers. Uh, can the Eagles defensive line speed to a tongue by low up enough to keep him from being on the same level he's been for the first six games this year? So I did just did a video. I just posted it on my Instagram page about this to try to give some optimism to Eagles fans against this offense because you're right. The Miami Dolphins offense is unbelievable. You talked about the amount of points they've scored, but you also look at the amount of yards they put up, 499 yards per game. The closest team to them is the Philadelphia Eagles at number two, but they're over 100 yards per game less. It's amazing what this Dolphins team is doing. But to give you some optimism here, and I'm not usually a guy who likes to make the argument of, look who they've played, but I'm going to make that argument just because these stats are so skewed. You look at the defenses that this team has played, and in four of the five wins that the Dolphins had, four of the five defenses were in the bottom third in the NFL. They've played the Denver Broncos, 32nd in the NFL, the New York Giants, 27th in the NFL, the Los Angeles Chargers, 31st in the NFL, and the Carolina Panthers, 19th in the NFL. And your question about sacks, well, the Dolphins aren't giving up a lot of sacks. They're number two in the NFL, only giving up six sacks this season. But again, you look at four of the five defenses, they're in the bottom half in generating sacks. So I do think there's some hope here for this Eagles defense to be able to get after Tua, be able to get pressure on him. And when they do, the one thing the Dolphins haven't done a good job of this year is protecting the football. 20th in the NFL in turnovers. So I do think Jalen Carter can make an impact on this game. I think what we've seen from Hassan Reddick over the last three weeks, now that that cast is off, he can make an impact on this game. But what I am concerned about is, obviously, these injuries on the back end. Does Reed Blankenship play? Hopefully, Darius Slay plays. But as good as this Dolphins offense is, and I don't want to take away from their playmakers because they have a ton of them, they really haven't been able to do it against the best defenses in the league. You saw what Buffalo was able to do to them. Buffalo really shut them down. Here's part of the uh, problem with uh, the number crunching you're doing. The Dolphins helped to push those teams into those defenses. <laughs> they breaks. did. You, you, you <laughs> kind of yeah. go down after the Dolphins come in and put 500 yards up against you. All of a sudden, your rating sucks. Wonder why? Oh, because the Dolphins did that to you, which is dictating terms here. Their defense is that bad or the, the off Dolphin offense is that good. Uh, I think you need to factor that in as well. Um, you're right. The Buffalo game to them is – it's like the Eagles and the Jets slash. Did I see the Eagles losing to the Jets last week? No, I did not. But they did. Did I see the Dolphins getting beat up by four touchdowns against the Bills? No, I did not. But they did. So you have to look at both of those as the outliers for those, those two teams. If you do, then both of these two teams would be undefeated coming in. Who's more impressive? You're right. The Dolphins played a easier other than schedule. If you take the Jets and the Bill games uh, both out uh, respectively, have the Eagles been more impressive than the Dolphins against the other teams that they've played, knowing that they played tougher teams than the Dolphins have? No, I mean, really, the 
outside of a couple spots here and there, the Eagles have not been as impressive as I was hopeful that they would be to start the season. But I just keep looking at this game on Sunday night. Jalen Hurts hasn't lost back-to-back games since week seven of 2021. It's a Sunday night game. It's the Kelly Green jerseys. You got Tua coming to town who everybody knows stole Jalen Hurts' job at halftime. You know Hurts is a competitor. He's going to be even more up for this game. I just have a hard time believing, even though all the numbers may tell you otherwise, that the Philadelphia Eagles don't win this game on Sunday night. Okay, you're in a good, positive frame of mind. Glad to hear it. Uh, I'm not sure. You you guys are going to have to drag me there because I'm not there. Well, I would have felt, Jody, I would have felt differently, I think, if the Eagles were coming into this game 6-0. I think if they would have won that Jets game, as bad as they played, I think if they would have stole a win in that game, I'm not sure I would have felt that they're going to win on Sunday night. I just We've seen what Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts have done in the face of adversity, how they've bounced back. That's the culture they've built. I'm seeing them winning this game, and we'll do our predictions at the end, but everything's telling me otherwise, but my gut's telling me, and maybe it's the fan in me, I think the Eagles win the game on Sunday. Right, but here's – you just gave me the numbers on the Dolphins' uh, uh, defense, uh, the defensive teams that they're playing, um, and they haven't played anybody, so you have to take that for for what it's worth. Where have you seen examples of the Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni-led getting above and over uh, uh, a loss, dealing with adversity, handling adversity, bouncing back from adversity? How many times has that happened? What, over the last few years? Whenever, yeah. Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. You, you just said, they've shown me that they deal with adversity. After adversity, they bounce back. How many times has that actually happened? Last year, the only loss they had in the regular season was the Washington Commanders game. Did bounce back. Played the Indianapolis Colts. Didn't play that great, but they did win that football game. But I just look at Jalen Hurts, and let's just look at the latest example and the biggest game of his so, career. Let, let, let me just interject. So in a year and a half, it's happened once. Well, because they haven't lost many games, Jody. They haven't lost many no, games. But, but, let's but look you're at- saying that you feel good about it this week because they've done it before. Let's look at once Super Bowl. in a year and a half. Let's look at Super Bowl 57. I know they don't win that game. But let's look at what Jalen Hurts did after adversity. He has that horrible fumble. In the first half of that game, leading to seven points for the Kansas City Chiefs. What does he do on the next drive? Brings the team right down, scores a touchdown. They go down by eight late in the game. What does Hurts do? Leads them on a long drive, scores a touchdown, and gets the two-point conversion. This is a guy who, in the face of adversity, seems to always elevate his game. I would be extremely surprised if Jalen Hurts doesn't have one of the best games of his season on Sunday night. And we're talking about all these stats. As good as the Miami Dolphins' offense is, their defense is nothing great. They're 20th in the league, giving up 344 yards a game. They're 26th in the league, giving up 26 points per game. 19th in the league against the pass. 20th in the league against the run. And you look at the offenses they've played. They haven't played any great offenses. Four of the five offenses they played are in the bottom third of the league. Giants stink on offense at 31st. Carolina, 23rd. Denver, 21st. New England 27th, and even playing all of those bad offenses, this New England, or excuse me, this Miami Dolphins defense is still in the bottom of the league. And I know Jalen Hurts hasn't necessarily passed the eye test this year. We're not as happy with the offense as we were last year. But you look at the numbers that this offense has generated 
through the first six weeks of the season, number two in total yards, number five in points per game, number nine in passing yards, number two in rushing yards. They are a top five offense in the NFL going against the Miami Dolphins defense who really hasn't been able to stop anybody. So that's why I have some confidence here. We'll, 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 We'll factor in most of the games that the Dolphins have played this year. They've had two, three, four touchdown leads. So you're going to be giving up yards. You don't really care. Your clock is your main opponent. You want to let the other team pile up yards and take time off the clock. Do you see the Eagles being behind by two or three or four touchdowns so that he can get all those same same yards that the Dolphins have been giving up all year? Look, I think that that Denver Broncos game where they put up, I mean, Jody, I, I kept looking at these stats like this looks like a video game. 760 yards they put up on offense. That may be more impressive than the 70 points. They had 350 rushing yards. But you look at some of these other games. They didn't dominate the Chargers game. They won that 36-34. They didn't dominate the New England Patriots. They won that game 24-17. So I do think we have our image a little bit skewed because we all were watching the red zone, seeing those touchdowns against the Denver Broncos. But yeah, they did dominate the Giants and the Panthers. But it's not like this team has absolutely dominated everybody. Quick question for you. Who would the Eagles dominate this year? I agree. I agree with that. The Eagles haven't necessarily put together four quarters this season yet. But I don't know why, Jody. That's why I told you. Everything I've seen so far doesn't necessarily have me saying the Eagles are definitely going to win. I just have this gut feeling that there is no way they lose on Sunday night with all of the factors coming into this game. He is Bill Calarulo. He's filling in for Johnny Mack. John McMullen had to get out. He had to go down and uh, get some info on the Eagles in South Philly. So Bill's filling in for him. And you get a very familiar face joining us next. You see him every single Sunday right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel hosting the uh, Eagles post-game show. Mike Missinelli. We haven't had Mikey Miss up since the season started. Shame on me. That's my bad. Glad to get Mikey Miss back in the mix. He joins us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. field of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank
Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365. Bill Colorado sitting in for Johnny Mac. Uh, Jody Mac and Mike Missinelli's here. Mike, good to see you, buddy. Thank you very much. What's up, much. guys? How you doing, Jody? We're doing well, but I want to start and do this a little bit different than usual. I'm going to ask Bill a question. Okay. Bill, it's a multiple choice question, so all you're going to do is pick one. On Sunday, when the post game starts here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, Mike Missinelli will be wearing a Jalen Hurts green Kelly Green jersey, a Seth Joyner Kelly Green jersey. Or Mikey Miss will stay professional, have a nice shirt on like he's got on right now. What will Miss and Ellie be wearing when the postgame show starts on Sunday night? Well, I get to see Mikey Miss every Sunday down at the Ocean Casino. He will be professional, decked out like he always is, looking dapper. No jersey for Mikey Miss on Sunday, in my opinion. Not to say that if somebody would would uh, volunteer to purchase a jersey for me, <laughs> that I wouldn't slap on this, especially the Seth Joyner. I'd love to wear the Seth Joyner jersey if I seth see. has an extra one which i'm sure i'm sure he's got like a, a closet full of Seth. absolutely jerseys. right oh, he could slide have, me one prior to game time you might have to wash it in hot water about four times <laughs> to get it down to fit you because Seth's a pretty big dude but uh, yeah, a, a bad get for you mikey miss i i like your line of thinking all right bill and i were just kicking it back and forth mike i'm nervous i injuries they have on this defense this week secondary guys coming in uh, Josiah Scott wasn't good enough to make the team now he's back in the mix and he's probably going to play on this Sunday and the best offense in all of football is coming in uh, can this Eagle defense rise to this challenge this week you know I, I feel the same way as you do Jody as powerful as this uh Miami offense is with their they're depleted on the back end and uh, you know Slay's coming back I get it but nobody can cover Tyreek Hill and nobody can cover him so uh, you know, I, I, I got to look at, at w- whether they can get enough pressure on the quarterback to, to make it difficult for them. And so far, nobody's been able to do that. Uh, the other thing is they're going to have to score against the Dolphins. And, and so uh, they're going to have to pass the ball because the Dolphins really, uh, they give up a, like a 99 rating to quarterbacks. Uh, they're they're 26 in completion percentage. I got to think that their game plan would be to throw early and often. And people are complaining that th- they threw 45 times last week. So I, I can't see any other way uh, to outscore them, uh, but to, to go right at their pass defense. 
Yeah, Mike, and do you think there's any chance that this banged-up secondary, you said they're not going to be able to shut down Tyreek Hill, but can they slow down this offense at all if we don't have Reed Blankenship and you have Josiah Scott starting there? Is there any way they can slow down this I, You offense? know, I guess they can. I, they they stopped the run pretty well. Most are had 6.8 last week, so you know, they're pretty balanced when it comes to that. And, and there's Jalen Waddle on the other side, too. I I don't know. I, I lo- I'm looking at all these predictions, and mo- a lot of the national people think the Eagles win this game. I, I, I think this is a really tough spot for them to win uh, unless they can do some uh, astronomical things to Tua, uh, which means they're going to have to really get on him early. Uh, I, I, you know, I, listen, I'm hoping that it happens. They, they get a couple guys back this week, but you know, they got a Blankenship problem now. I don't know if he's going to be back. Uh, and they're already depleted, so it's, t- it's going to be tough for them. Know that it's uh, we want to put it in the rearview mirror, and it's kind of old news. But I do want to back up to last week against the Jets because John and I kicked this around amongst uh, the two of us, and also the couple guests we had. Uh, very interested in your take on it. The interception that the Jets got and returned, and then scored without being defended, and the Eagles couldn't. We all know how it played itself out. That particular interception, if there's a hundred percent of blame to go around between. Jalen Hurts, who threw the pick, Brian Johnson, who called the play, and Nick Sirianni, who is the overseer of all things offense, and it's his offense. But in the moment, if he had, if he, it was during a two minute timeout. So if he wanted to overrule the call, he could have overruled the call. 100% of the blame. How do you parcel it out between those three guys? Oh, there's no question. 100% of the blame goes to uh, the, the quarterback. And, and, you know, Seth and, and, and Derek Gunn and I on the postgame show last week got into a little bit, you know, they were saying, well, it happens. Well, no, a, a good quarterback takes control of that situation. You can't afford to make a mistake like that and then just brush it off as it happens. It was a terrible decision. And somewhere in his head, he's got to say, even if I throw an incompletion here, uh, we win. <laughs> we punt the ball and we win the game. And uh, you can't look at that play and say, I okay, that's not there. You know, you, you just can't do it. You're you're the quarterback. The game is condensed into your hands at that point. And so when you see two guys there, you're gonna recognize it. You go, oh, guy's not there. And completion, we punt, we win. A hundred percent goes to the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Mike, I agree with you a hundred percent, man. And I'm a huge Jalen Hurts fan, still am. But that was one of the worst plays I've ever seen him make in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform, just because in that moment, even if you take the sack, you're probably winning that game. Just take a sack. He wasn't even under pressure. It looked like he thought he was under pressure. He wasn't. Throws off his back foot. But with all that being said about Jalen, and I said this to Jody before you came on, this week, coming back after a loss, coming back after that horrible throw, going up against Tua, who we all know the story, took his job at halftime, even though they're friends. Do you expect Jalen Hurts to not have a big game this week? Because I'm expecting Jalen to bounce back in a big way. What do you think we see from Jalen Hurts on Sunday night? Well, the Dolphins give it up, Bill. And, uh, you know, they get they rush the quarterback pretty well, but but they give up the pass. Their, their secondary isn't very good. So, like I'm saying, I, to me, the game plan, and I know people get freaked out when it's not balanced, but to me the game plan has to be get the ball out of your hands quickly and, and let them try to guard you. Uh, it's it's real simple to me. Now, you know, the thing about if we go back to that play with with Jalen Hurts, it it doesn't mean that I don't think he's a really good player. 
Um, and it doesn't mean that I'm down on him. <laughs> it just means that at that particular moment, he made a mistake that like uh, Bryce Young would like, like a new kid in the league would make. And he was an MVP candidate last year. So it, it's mind blowing that he and I have to use this word. I think he panicked on that last play. You're right. He went back. He, he went backwards. He, he was on his back foot when he threw that. So, you know, he's got to learn from that. And they got to come out with some kind of a killer instinct game plan which Brian Johnson I don't think has found the, the formula yet. But I, if I'm looking at this game. I know I've got to score some points. I've got to score with them. Uh, cross my fingers that, that, that the front four gets home. Uh, but also i got to get the, rid of the ball quick and take advantage of their secondary because they don't cover well. Mike, during the week, the Eagles announced they signed Julio Jones. Uh, Quez Watkins, the IR, they're – desperately low at the wide receiver position as is, even though the coach did take Columbus back this week and say, I understand he's wide receiver. You can play for me anytime, except we're going out and getting a guy off the street to come in and basically play more snaps than you, uh, Zacchaeus. Um, how much does Julio Jones move the needle for the Philadelphia Eagles week one? We took the whole season. What is the signing of Julio Jones equate to over the course of the year? He might move the needle for them. He doesn't move the needle for me at this particular time until I see something. I mean, I, I think he's pretty much cooked. But, you know, if they use him in specified situations, maybe he's a good red zone guy. Uh, maybe he he's tougher and will compete harder than Quez Watkins ever did. Um, you know, they're trying to squeeze something out of him. They, they see something that they like. Uh, I look at him like, you know, come on. Like, what do you expect? You know, I, I think it's great that he says he's going to come in and try and dominate, which is fantastic. He should have that kind of attitude. But he hasn't dominated in a really long time. They're going to have to use just him, like squeeze whatever drop he has in specific situations, like using his body uh, to, to catch the football in certain situations. But I don't, I don't see a lot. I think it's a, I think it's a desperate move because they're they're banged up at that position and, and they need something and he's out there. You mentioned maybe Julio Jones can help this Eagles team out in the red zone. We know they've struggled pretty much all season, did a little bit better against the New York Jets, but they're still 23rd in the NFL in the red zone. If they're going to beat this Dolphins team, you got to convert seven points when you get to the red zone, not field goals, because we know how good the Dolphins are in the red zone. Number one, scoring 81% of the time when they get to the red zone, which is crazy. But what do you think is going on with this red zone offense? Because it's pretty much the same personnel they had last year. Last year, they were third in the league. They scored 68% of the time when they got to the red zone. This year, only doing it 45%. What are you seeing as the problem down there? Yeah, the only thing I can point to, Bill, is that the, the coordinator isn't calling great plays in the red zone. I, I think you got to be a little more creative in the red zone to, to get them scored. I, 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 you know, Their play calling lately has been questionable to me. And it's maybe it's a matter of him finding his groove or whatever. But you're right. They, I mean, they scored they, the two of three last week. So I, I was encouraged by that. But you're right. They shouldn't have with this personnel. They shouldn't have problems scoring in the red zone. And I'm surprised that and they did it last week. They did throw the DeAndre Swift. I, I think that he's got to be a weapon in there somewhere along the line when you're throwing the ball. Um, and the tight end, I think, has got to be a weapon. I, I think you need to prioritize guys that you know can make plays there in small spaces. Uh, you know, Brian Johnson's been okay. He hasn't dazzled at all. And there are a lot of people questioning his play calling from, I mean, not, not only in the red zone, but uh, like last week, all game long, there were some strange calls. Mikey miss. I do not have an answer to this. Maybe you do. I'm sure the Eagles are looking for one in six games. 
Dallas Goddard has had one really good game. Everything else has been mediocre to poor. And they've had a couple of games where they targeted him, but it just hasn't resulted in anything in two-yard gains, four-yard gains. If he's supposed to be one of the best tight ends, one of the best weapons in the passing game of the tight ends in the NFL, he's done a good job of hiding it through the first six games of the year. What's wrong with Dallas Goddard in this Eagle offense right now? Listen, I, he you have to prioritize him. I, I don't understand, like, uh, offense coordinator, I, so they did it the one game. They, he had 88 yards on the year. They finally got the ball to him. And if I'm an offensive coordinator, I go, well, I got to get the ball to him. There, there's plenty of, like, the Jets last week were in a zone where they were playing off guys. I don't understand why the tight end is not a valuable weapon sitting down in space there. It, and the other thing is, like, A.J. Brown and that, that short slant, when he first came here, it was an unstoppable play. The short slant, get, finding gaps in the zone. And I, I think if you're a coordinator, you go, okay, this is what they're going to give up. This is where my strength is. Prioritize the tight end. Prioritize the slant. I, I don't get it sometimes with their play calls. It's like they they have a a, a mindset of, okay, okay we're going to attack them this way. But they don't evolve during the game to what the other team's doing. They don't make sight adjustments at the line of scrimmage. What's interesting, Mike, though, is you look at Dallas Goddard. I think he has the exact same amount of receptions through six weeks of the season. He had 26 through six weeks last year. He's got 26 through six weeks this year. But it's the average yards per catch that is way down. So, you know, we talked about Brian Johnson in the red zone. I also think some of these play designs to Dallas Goddard, you got to get him the ball down the field, get him the ball in space because he's so damn good after he gets the ball in his hands. But some of these play designs just leave a little bit. No, I agree. They, they keep trying to run this tight end screen with him, and it's they can't run the screen. They can't run it with anybody. And they keep going to this tight end screen. It never pays off. So, I, like, I don't uh, – you know, I scratch my head sometimes at, at, at what they're doing. And, and maybe it's easy for us to sit back and scratch our head. And in live action of a game, it's a lot more difficult. Uh, but I agree with you. I think if you've got – I mean, this guy was supposed to take a step up this year, right? So – let him let him take a step up you know like play into that he's improving as one of the best receiving tight ends in the league and we're going to get mileage out of him I mean make it happen the other teams that have tight ends like that always make it happen do they not yeah I uh I thought it was uh it was certainly entertaining if not humorous uh Nick Sirianni's stance on Vic Fangio this week that when he was there Oh, they were learning from him. He didn't learn anything from them, but they learned plenty about Vic Fangio. Sorry, I'm not buying. I think Fangio learned just as much, if not more, about the Eagles during the time he spent with him. How does that manifest itself on Sunday? We know what the Fangio defense is all about. Does the added knowledge give him any bit of an edge in this game, or is Johnny telling the truth? I I think it's pretty simple when you're playing the Eagles that you – uh, you get you get heat on the quarterback, and you force him to beat you from the pocket. It, it's really a simple game plan. That Fangio probably knows that better than anybody. Uh, you got to let him stand in the pocket. He's making a lot of yards again, breaking out of there, but he breaks out quick. So if you get heat on him, you break down whatever they're trying to do from the pocket. Uh, that's what they got to do. Now their their pass rush is pretty good, so uh, we'll see. He faced forty percent pressure last week. So defensive coordinators aren't stupid. They 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 get they need to get heat on him, get him out of the pocket because he's he's not 
he's ha- he's hung in there in the pocket just a couple of times that I can remember. He's usually, you know, he's not he's not holding fast in in that pocket. Uh, so Finch, you know, he, listen, he's a smart guy. He, he knows exactly what he has to do against Jalen Hurts. You mentioned earlier, Mike, you think this Philadelphia Eagles offense, though, needs to really throw the ball, try to keep up with this Miami Dolphins offense. But is there any scenario where you see the Philadelphia Eagles leaning on that running game? We know how good they are in the in the running game. Number two in the NFL. Dolphins are 20th against the run, so they give up rushing yards. Do you see any formula where the Eagles say, you know what, we're going to run the hell out of the football. We're going to control the time of possession, and we're going to keep that Miami Dolphins high-powered offense on the sidelines. That's a strategy. It certainly is a strategy. I I mean, uh, the way they're running the football lately, I I don't know. You know, Swift hit a wall last week. I don't know what that's about. Maybe it's an aberration. But, you know, I'm looking at numbers, and I go, okay, I've got two – probably the best duo of wide receivers in the league. The Dolphins uh, give up a 105.9 rate to wide receivers. I, I'm looking at that. I'm playing into that number. I I just can't, you know, I, I'm not going to try to retrick myself and say, okay, maybe we can get the running game. And go, I go, no, there's got to be some kind of balance, Bill, as you know. But uh, I, I think they're susceptible to good wide receivers. And the Eagles have two of them. So, I mean, to me, that's the strength. And I've got to get Jalen Hurts to get the ball out quickly. I've got to use the slant. I've got to use the tight end. To me, that's like the running game for me. To get it out of your hand quick against this team. If you're hoping to score with them. Because they're going to score. I mean, my God. What are they, 37 a game right now? Miami? I mean, it's free. So you're going to have to score 30. And hope your defense can, can hold them down to, to a semblance, a reasonable number. Um, they, 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 the yards per game is astronomical. The the yards per completion is astronomical. They're, they're not going to all of a sudden shut down. You know, that quarterback's got a lot of confidence right now. Two is doing a great job getting the ball out quick. So I it's don't know. It's a beautiful home spun story, too, with the, the Mariota Hawaii connection to Tua, the Alabama connection to Hertz. Hey, here's the guy that took his job. Uh, and now another Alabama guy gets signed. It's, it's a beautiful home story, isn't it? If, if, Jalen Hurts gets hurt this week. Remember, Mike Mar- Mike Missinelli brought up uh, Mariota, not me. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think anybody in Philadelphia wants that narrative to be carried forward well, in the I Sunday night this, game, Mikey. No, no, I don't think I, as far as him not playing. But you know, I was reading a story this morning about uh, how proud he is of Tua. That, you know, that Hawaii connection, that story. Listen, Mariota has reached a point in his life where he's just happy to collect that paycheck every week <laughs> and stay on the sidelines. So, and he can give up stories like, well, I'm so proud of Tua. Yes, it's yeah. amazing when you reach a certain plateau in the NFL. Well, wearing the ball cap and carrying the clipboard, good storyteller, Mr. Mariota. Good job out of you. All right, Mike, two-point question. Number one. Coin toss, Sunday, Eagles win. What would Mike Missinelli do? What does Mike Missinelli predict that Nick Sirianni will do? <laughs> Prediction? You want me to predict that? <laughs> right yes. now, I'll go to Vegas right now and bet that they defer. Yeah. You, know, they, you know, even against this offense, I think they'd be arrogant enough to say, screw it. We This is what you're supposed to do analytically in the NFL, so I'm deferring. I'm kicking to them. 
and they could find themselves behind seven nothing. Of That's course, my fear. Uh, I mean, no. Reverse well, thinking. You are one hundred percent right. Bet your uh, mortgage money yeah, on they, the Eagles to furry. But what would Mike Missinelli do? Well, I, listen, there have been times when I said definitely I, I would put my offense on the field first. I want to get the jump on this team. But I, I, it's like banging your head against a wall. It's never going to happen in the NFL. They're just enamored with this concept of scoring before the half and getting the ball to start the third quarter. Now, it doesn't work out like that 100% of the time, so I don't know why they wouldn't alter their thinking, but this is what they're going to do. You know that, Jody. But you would take the ball. You'd say, yes. let me get, let me get up. Like, on this so at that point, I would try to get on top of them and make them – like try to, to rush something. Or they, oh, my, oh my God, we're behind. Oh, let's do it. Maybe they make a mistake with that mentality. That, that's what I'm rooting for, but I'm with you. I fear we got a 0% chance of that actually happening. Bill's a fan. He, he likes yeah. the analytics of it all. Yeah. I'm the minority in the room, man. Cause I will always defer on that point. Yeah, well, that's, that's, the, you're, you're, that's the football mindset, Bill. It's the football mindset. It, it's now permeated the NFL. This is what you do. Analytically, this is what you do. And I'm okay with that if the analytics say that. But there are certain times where I go, you know what? Maybe that's not the good idea. Maybe I'm going to go against conventional wisdom here and, and actually, you know, chart a different course. Yeah, I, I still like I still like the <laughs> fern. Like well, let's look. One of the things we know that this Eagles defense has to do is get after the quarterback. You talked about it. We talked about Jalen Carter. Is it can we officially say now? That Hassan Reddick is back after what we've seen the last three games. Yeah, he is. He's obviously that thumb was the was the problem. He's he's really skirting the edge now and he's getting a dip move down. And uh yeah, he's been he's been great. Sweat's been a pretty consistent player as well. So uh yeah, and Jalen Carter's gonna help. Uh getting him back in there is definitely gonna help. Getting Slay back is definitely gonna help. Uh, I don't know how much because I can see I've seen Slay trail plays a lot this year. Uh, and there's, you, you, how, how do you not trail this guy? I mean, this guy's like phenomenal. I don't know how they deal with him. I got to be honest with you. I don't know how anybody deals with him. All right, Mike. Uh, John and I talked about this at the top of the show, and neither one of us know the answer. John was actually quite surprised by the fact that Sidney Brown didn't play last week. He had talked to him on Thursday, and Sid sounded like he was ready to go, and the Eagles end up sitting him. They don't have a choice this week. He has to play this week. Get Blankenship's not playing, which seems to be close to a given since he wasn't even out there attempting to. Anybody can get a partial practice in. If you can't even get a uh, limited in, that's a bad sign. Is Sid Brown ready to have a bust-out game? If he does, it could go a long way in keeping the Eagles in this contest. He's going to be tested, deep end of the pool, how much do you like this kid? How much could this be his coming-of-age game? This is the last team I expect him to be effective against. <laughs> i got to be honest with you. I think the Eagles are scared to death of him in general uh, because they've been reluctant to play him because his aggression it overmatches his NFL intelligence right now. Against this team, it's like you, you're waiting for a firecracker to explode, I think. So I yeah, he's going to play. I hope he does well. I mean, if, if there's a game that this guy can make an aggressive mistake, it's against this team, and and I'm I'm afraid of it. Uh, any other team, maybe I'd feel a lot more comfortable. Not against this team. I don't think he's going to have a breakout game. See, and that's what Johnny Mack said last week. They should have played him against the Jets because you take your chances against Zach yeah. Wilson. If he makes a mistake, all right, yeah, you, you make it up on the back end. 
You make a mistake against Tua, yeah, it's 65 yards to the house. That's that's not good. All right, Mike, we need you on the record. Sounds like uh, you and I are leaning a specific way. Dolphins come to town. as Well, let me go there first. Why are the Dolphins an underdog in this game? It's uh, interesting. It's two and a half, which is kind yeah, of an indication. Because Mike Misnelli, famous for saying, the line's you know, telling me something. line's telling me something. And if I the line's thought... telling me something here, it's leaning toward the Eagles because I got the Dolphins as the favorite in this game. Yeah, um, it is a little lean. But, again, it's two and a half, so it's like they're unsure. They're not giving them the the the, the, the home nod at two and a half. If it was one and a half, it would be more telling to me. Um, but, you know, I, I, it is an Eagles, probably an Eagles line, their favorite. Uh, but I don't know. I'm just a – I'm really uh, afraid of this game. The way they're banged up back there, the way the Dolphins move the football through the air, I, I mean, I, it, this would be a monumental win for the Eagles, and I got them losing by a tight margin. Well, is the game played in the 30s? If it's played in the 30s, it's not the tight margin. It's not going to be a tight margin. So you're saying <laughs> upper, like if, upper if, 20, if the Dolphins, Dolphins score 30. To win. I mean, if Dolphins score 35, they, they, they win and cover – and do whatever uh, uh, they have to hold. I that's a, again. I I can't see them holding them to less than thirty, which scares me about this thing because I don't know if the Eagles can can score with them. So yeah, I don't feel good about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling good about it either. But uh, Mike, it's good to catch up with you, brother. That's my fault. I should have you on prior to week seven of the season. We <laughs> no problem, Jody. I know you guys are all packed up and busy and all that stuff, and and we're busy on the other end. So yeah. So post-game show will be uh, in the wee hours of the morning on Sunday. Yeah, but then you get to go upstairs and get a nice uh, nap at uh, the ocean, right? Yeah, at 2.30 a.m. At 2.30 a.m. Where you can't possibly go to sleep, you know? So, so Mikey misses tea time isn't going to be till afternoon on Monday. No, no tea time after that game. Okay. Yeah. Mike, good stuff. Always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you very much. For All right, guys. Thanks. Uh, see, see you, you Sunday, catch him Sunday. Till the wee hours of the morning, as he said. Yes, they will be going late. And uh, the outcome of the game doesn't usually dictate the length of the postgame show, does it? It's 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 a set time that they're gonna do they're gonna do. I think they may need to add some because yeah, I'm leaning toward the opposition. We'll come back. I get Bill on the record. He's certainly leaning toward the Eagles uh, winning this game, so it doesn't see a way they can lose. I'm kind of headed toward I don't see a way that they can win. Well, I can see it. It would have to be scoring more than 35 points. Are they capable of putting up more than 35 points on uh, Sunday against the Dolphins? We shall see. We'll come back. Bill Calavrulo in for Johnny Mac, Jody Mac. We'll put a bow on the show on this episode of Birds 365.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Mac and Mac affair heading into the big showdown between the Dolphins and the Eagles at the link on Sunday night. Quick aside, and then I'm going to get you on the record about the game. Um, Kelly Green, Bill, you're certainly younger than I am. I can tell. I'm not sure exactly how old you are. And I think age has a lot to do with how you feel about Kelly Green. If you go back to when the Eagles wore Kelly Green as their number one color, I think you have a different feeling and emotion about it. You moved at all by the fact that the Eagles are wearing Kelly Green this week? I am, only because it brings me back. I used to watch the games with my grandfather. So watching the games with him, that's what I remember. When I first became an Eagles fan, they were in Kelly Green. So I was probably in high school, I think, when they switched to the to the midnight green. Mm-hmm. So the Kelly Green brings you back. It's, uh, it's exciting. I, I am excited about it, more so than I thought I would be. You see the helmets in practice, and it's getting you fired up. Just a quick note to anyone who will be in the decision-making process, not that they are streaming in live right now, but they might be after the fact. Do not base an opinion on the Kelly Green about the outcome of this game. It's irrelevant. If they win by four touchdowns, it doesn't mean, oh, my God, the Kelly Green is our lucky color. No, it isn't. If they lose by four touchdowns, we can never put the Kelly Green on again. They can never play. It has nothing to do with it. The outcome of the game will be the outcome of the game because of the players and the coaching, not the color of the Eagles uniform. 
I do like the Kelly Green, so I'm rooting for them to at least be competitive in it. I don't want to have to deal with all that crap there after. Oh, you can't wear Kelly Green. Um, Just uh, don't bring back the uh, don't bring back what was it the yellow jackets from a few oh, years back? How ugly was that? That just was wrong. I, I was working for the team back then, and they gave me one of those jerseys with my name on it and a number 75 because it was the 75th anniversary. And I don't even want to display the damn thing. It's so yeah, hideous. Eagles in yellow and blue. It just is flat out wrong. Yeah. Uh, so at least we agree on that. All right, Bill Colorado, it sounds like you're leaning toward picking the Eagles. For those just tuning in, a quick recap. Uh, Johnny Mack took the Eagles 28-24. Paul Domwich, who's our guest in hour number one, has the Dolphins winning and winning handily, 34-20. to 20. Mikey Miss, who was just on with us, said he thinks the Dolphins are going to win, but it's going to be a very competitive game and close at the end. He didn't give us a score, but that's okay. Uh, but he picked the Dolphins to win. So we've got Damo and Mikey Miss on the, the fish, Johnny Mack on the Eagles, Bill Calarulo. Are you going to make it 2-2 in predictions on this game and uh, pick the homestanding birds? I think I am, Jody. I think I am. And the reason why is something Mikey Miss said that I disagreed with is he thinks if the Dolphins put up 30 points, there's no way the Eagles win this game. Well, I disagree. I think we are not giving enough credit to the Philadelphia Eagles offense, and we're giving too much credit to the Dolphins defense. This Dolphins defense is not good. We talked about it before Mikey Miss came on. They're in the 20th in the league in yards, 26th in the league in total points against, giving up 26 points a game, and they've done it against some pretty bad offenses. So I think this Philadelphia Eagles team does put up 30 points. I think the Eagles put up 31 points in this game, and I think the Miami Dolphins, they're going to get their points, but not as much as they've gotten before. They're getting 27 points in this game. Eagles are going to force a turnover. That's going to be the deciding factor. 31-27, Eagles take it home in their Kelly green jerseys on Sunday night football. Well, what do you know? We agree on something. The Why, Eagles you, are going to score 31 points. Oh, I think the got, Eagles are scoring 30 points. But you got the Dolphins putting yeah, up I got a little the bit Dolphins more. scoring more than 31 points. I think the Dolphins are going to win this game 34-31. Uh, I think the best play of the week is the over. Uh, it's 51 and a half, 51, 51 and a half. I think both teams play into the 30. So I, I'll be playing the over. But, yeah, uh, Bill goes Eagles, so that makes it 2-2. Sorry to say, I can play the heel. I can be the villain. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Dolphins to win this game 34-31. Hope I'm wrong. Uh, but then again, I took the Eagles to beat the Jets last week. So for those of you who want to hate on me, realize I picked the Eagles every single week up until this point. This is the first time I've actually picked the opposition in the game. Uh, we'll be talking about it. They'll be talking about it next on the Philadelphia Power Hour. You got the pregame and the postgame show on Sunday. And then Johnny Mack and I will be back on Monday. And we'll find out whether we're talking about an Eagle win or an Eagle loss. Bill Calavero, thank you very much for jumping in. Appreciate it, bud. Uh, I appreciate you having me, Jody. Talk to you soon, brother. Have a great show on the Power Hour. Uh, everybody, have a great weekend. Thanks for streaming in all week here on Birds 365. Mac and Mac will be back in two and two days, that is. 
You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.